Mark Twain once wrote, It is difference of opinion that makes horse races. True enough. It's difference of opinion also that has fostered one of the most compelling political parlor games in the American democracy, assessing, rating, and ranking the presidents. We do the same with movies, of course, and sports teams and big-time athletes, but those assessments emerge in the realm of trivia, and few would argue that any lessons they convey could hold the keys to understanding the past, or perhaps even the future, of the American Republic. The presidency is different because the presidents, just 44 of them in nearly 225 years, have held in their hands the national destiny. Ranking the presidents has always been a favorite indoor sport of history-minded Americans, wrote Clinton Rossiter, a leading political scientist of the 1950s and 1960s, who himself enjoyed the game, even rendering an uncharitably harsh critique of Dwight D. Eisenhower's presidency while the man still sat in the White House. He said the game was fun to play even on a muddy field and a murky day. As a longtime political journalist in Washington and a presidential biographer, I have succumbed to this indoor sport over the years. Now I propose to pull you into the great White House rating game. It is fun to play on a muddy or dry field, on a murky or clear day. That's partly because the game is ongoing and open to all. With horse races, the difference of opinion gets settled definitively at the finish line. In the White House rating game, there is no finish line, just endless difference of opinion. I believe that is one huge value derived from the periodic polls of academic experts on presidential success. They spark lively debate and generate in turn interest in the American past. I hope to do the same with this book. But I'm less interested in who's up and who's down in this sweepstakes than I am in what the rating game teaches us about how the presidency works and how presidents succeed, or fail, or serve simply in a zone of ordinariness or mediocrity. I put forward just one insight I consider fresh and perhaps even of value, Namely, that no rating game is worthy of the name if it ignores the contemporaneous judgment of the electorate. Like most of us, presidents have a boss, in their case, the American people. And if the boss was happy or unhappy with a particular employee of the past, then who are we, or even a collection of historians, to toss that aside? Presidential greatness, then, generally should be conferred upon presidents who governed successfully based on the popular sentiment of their times. As the British scholar Harold J. Lasky put it, any president must see what he sees with the eyes of the multitude upon whose shoulders he stands.